Welcome to the Hear My Heart broadcast where I talk about the matters of the heart. You can't understand a person without getting to the root, which is hearing them. I am your host, Tiffany Rochelle, affectionately known as the People's Cheerleader. Here's something I want to share about me. I'm an author, a speaker, a heart and a motivational coach, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in and we have the opportunity to grow together. I'm here to encourage and motivate you to be the best you ever. If you're feeling a little stuck or stagnated or you're having a hard time getting over some things, please know you're not alone and that you've come to the right place and you're listening to the right person to help you through that. So let's dive into today's show of Hear My Heart. Here we grow. Hey, hello, 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 hello. I am super excited that you decided to join me on tonight for tonight's session of Hear My Heart. I have a very special VIP here with me on tonight. I'm so excited to introduce her. But before I do that, I need you to do me a super huge favor, please. And uh, thank you. Okay, so my son would decide to call me in the middle of a show. I forgot I don't have him on. Uh, uh, I mean, I have him on. Uh, what do you call this dog? I think on emergency. So kids always break through. Thanks a lot, J2, for calling me. Your mother loves you. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, I am going to tell you, I need you to do me a super huge favor. Sharing is caring. So I need you to show me your care, please. And thank you by giving me a share. Push the share button. Share this button uh, with somebody. Share this program with somebody. Share this program with a friend, a neighbor, a boo girlfriend boyfriend you could take it as it is a spouse or it's just that what do they call it down here friend girl or a friend boy nevertheless i need you to go ahead and share sharing is caring and i need you to show me how much you care enhance somebody's life because you never know what that individual is going through sincerely we go through situations troubles ups and downs and sometimes we just don't share it with individuals and so you sharing this particular show very well could help somebody i'm gonna go ahead and say you might just save somebody's life so show me you care help somebody else help a friend help them by sharing so tonight's vip is a communication professor uh -huh. she's an author and a motivational speaker she's an expert on communicating in relationships and improving connections let me tell you something about her mission okay her mission is to educate individuals on how to understand their communication patterns to enhance their personal and professional relationships how about that right so with that being said prepare to have your life enhanced uh-huh and i am going to bring to your forefront my friend my blue sister dr Patricia. Hello. 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 Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Are you enjoying all of your sunshine? Because I'm a hater. Um, yes, it's a lot of sunshine right now. We did not get the rain that you did, but we are hoping for some of it. <laughs> I promise you one thing is for certain and another thing is for sure. I will share it with you. Okay. <laughs> I said earlier, sharing is caring. I promise you, I will share this rain with you. Okay. <laughs> It's right. There's no joke down here. And I'm just like not understanding. Well, I should be grateful for the rain. I had I, I had made a statement earlier 
as in like we're sometimes we get so emotional <laughs> and we're always like oh i can't wait for the sun to come out and the sun needs to come out sun comes out and it's like oh it's too hot we always find something to complain about <laughs> and we can't never be happy and content in the state that we're in be happy if it's sun shining be happy if it's raining be grateful that you get to experience that and you can feel it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I say. Like, I mean, it's just a, it's just an amazing feeling to have rain and to have sunshine. However, mm -hmm. comma, it's just we we'll fuss about a lot. Have you ever realized that we just are fussy, yeah. emotional individuals? Well, yeah, and it's usually on the things that we can't control. So if we realized that, we would probably stop fussing about it, right? Like that we can't change the weather just by bitching about it. <laughs> Oh, all you're doing is just fussing and I understand like I sometimes believe in complaining to the right individual sometimes it's like hey how you doing I can't complain even if I did I, I love that whole phrase I can't complain even if I did nobody's gonna listen who cares and I'm like there's a lot of people that you might if you fuss to the right person and if you complain to the right individual things can possibly change there's a lot of people that will fuss and complain to me because they know I have the power to change things in my mm -hmm. profession so they come mm -hmm. to me to help with their change. Wait a minute, girl, do you got green in your hair too? Um, it's probably some of the blue that fades out to like more of a turquoisey because uh -huh. there's a couple different shades of blue in there. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a whole squirrel moment. I'm so sorry. I was in the <laughs> middle of <laughs> and I was like, oh, colors. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So listen, you got a whole book out, right? I do. I, I don't even have to worry about my statement. We're going to go on and get to the matters at hand. <laughs> so, you got a whole book out. What is the title of your book? It's called Being Whole, Healing from Trauma and Reclaiming My Voice. Oh, I absolutely love that. What is the significance you think about being whole? Why do we have to be whole individuals? You know, it's one of those things where I have had a lot of different circumstances throughout my life where I felt like I would go through therapy or I'd go through something and get move through it. And then the next thing, and then the next thing. And mm -hmm. finally I said, I'm tired of feeling halfway whole or halfway healed. I want to feel whole. Mm -hmm. Like there was always something. Right. And right. so for me, it was about like recognizing the ways that I can be whole and the, what okay. I need to do and what that means to me in spite mm -hmm. of all of these other things that we can't control or that happen to us or that make mm -hmm. us feel broken. Right. Cause okay. I spent a lot of my time in life feeling broken, you know, and like I needed fixing. Uh-huh. Like, but why do you think we feel like we have the need to be fixed? Why can't we just appreciate just being there? Like, well, I mean, I know when I'm in my broken state, I don't want to, I don't like that feeling. I don't Although, either. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's what's interesting too. Even, you know, we talk so much, like, and you and I have had conversations about healing and, you know, becoming the best version of ourselves. Not like there's anything wrong with the other versions, but, you know, okay. it's, so it's, it's to want that growth and to facilitate that without thinking you have to do it because you are broken, right? Like those are two right. different things too. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is two different things, different things. And I just, I really wish people can understand that they are absolutely two totally different things, you know, like it's, it's two different spaces that you're operating in. Why do you yeah. think trauma overtakes a, uh, an individual and it kind of just paralyzes them? Why do you think that absolutely. might be? I think that what happens with trauma is, especially, you know, if it happens to you at a younger age, when you are not very solid in your own sense of identity, or you can't, you haven't yet made sense of your own experiences, right? Mm -hmm. 
it mm -hmm. can really then you start off with different coping mechanisms to move through something. Mm -hmm. And like what happened with me is that over time, those coping mechanisms, I just thought they were part of my personality. Uh -huh. And I thought that, you know, not understanding like, oh, I created these things for myself or I started doing some of these behaviors in a way to feel safe or as a way to protect myself. And, you know, so I think that that's what's hard because a lot of individuals have had traumatic or, you know, um, instances of crisis in their childhood. And so without being able to have somebody to help you process that, without having somebody to be able to talk to you about your feelings and about what happened and to help you build resilience, I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of wounded adults walking around because we just didn't you know, that's only now becoming part of this mainstream conversation that we hear about, you know, emotional processing and all that stuff. And so I think, unfortunately, for for a lot of individuals, it's that that initial trauma response. We hold on to it because we don't always know when to let it go, because we might not feel safe enough yet to let it go. Yeah, and it becomes a security blanket sometimes at times, certain traumatic experiences. And then don't get to a point where you're talking about those experiences because that just becomes like your identity. And you yeah. feel like if I talk about it, I can't get healed from it because now this isn't this is what's getting me attention right now. So yeah. I, I don't, yeah. don't want to be made whole. I don't want to heal from it. But there is mm -hmm. a beautiful side of you that is just so undeveloped and so untapped being and walking in that healed side of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell us about some of the traumatic experiences that you did. What was a coping mechanism that you had for one of the traumatic experiences you have? You know, one of the things that I did is it, I, um, one of the things that my abuser said to me is no, you know, no one would ever love me and I was never going to amount to anything. So like, I just was going to prove him wrong. Come and through. so that's where some of my insane drive and my desire to constantly have the next thing and achieve the next thing and to push harder and to go forward, mm -hmm. it stems from that little girl who's still wounded and scared from that. And it mm -hmm. took me a really long time to understand that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't figure out why I'd have all these achievements or these things and then I'd be on to the next thing. Like I never stopped to like celebrate myself or to be like, yes, that feels amazing or I'm so proud of myself or I really wanted that. It was mm -hmm. just like, yep. And then the next thing and then the next thing so really you know that was a big one for me to recognize and to really be able to stop myself now and ask myself like okay why are you doing the thing you're doing is it because you really want this for yourself or is it because you think there's an expectation there from somebody else or you're trying to people please somebody so it was really again like looking not only at you know, nobody would look at accomplishments and think that's a negative thing. Right. So right, being right. able to understand that it's like it's not just about some of the things that we think are negative or the ways that we numb out, but it's also like where are those driving forces for you coming from, you know, and yeah. and just looking at. So that was an interesting one to me that has been really you know, hard for me to step back now and be like, okay, what do I want? And it's really yeah. confusing a lot of the times because mm -hmm. I realized that I haven't ever stopped to think about it just from my own inner self perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you think that any of your experiences has caused you to be like a overachiever or wanting to dive into allowing your accomplishments to, that's, that's what you wear versus you seeing that I was a wounded individual? Yeah. Hey y'all, it's Tiffany Rochelle here, and I have a few offers just for you. The first one is my book, and it's called I Choose Me. Now, I have had to fight in some type of way or another, but the best fight that I fought 
is the battle of me. The old me versus the emerging me. Now the old me always threw some good punches, but the emerging me knew how to stick and move because I learned the art of endurance. I'm so much better than my past hate was and is so hard to hold on to. Choose to let love abide. Try to hold the hate with love and you tell me who is strong. The second offer is a workbook I have called Gold Digger. Now there are about 47 activities that we will go through so that you will be able to crush some of your goals for your life. You purchasing this book is one of the first of many steps to bettering your life. There's action plans that you can take action on and they should be incorporated into a daily planned routine. Lastly, I have a course on forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't just a nice thing to do. It can also be a powerful tool to bring marvelous change in your life. In this course, you'll learn how to effectively use the skills of forgiveness to help you lead a more peaceful and satisfying life. You will be introduced to the basics of forgiveness, including what it is and how it can affect you. So today, unleash the power of forgiveness to create a more meaningful life. Next, I want you to learn that it is okay for you to choose you. And lastly, develop a mindset to see and crush some of your goals. Looking so forward to growing with you. I'm excited for you and your growth. Do you think that any of your experiences has caused you to be like an overachiever or wanting to dive into allowing your accomplishments to that's, that's what you wear versus you seeing that I was a wounded individual. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely think so. I think that then it w allowed me to divorce this part of my identity that was this sad, scared, wounded little girl, because uh -huh. honestly, nobody growing up would have known that about me either. Uh -huh. You know, I was also just going to be happy and, you know, make out, make sure everybody loved me again mm -hmm. so I could prove him yeah. wrong because uh -huh. I believed oh, him. him. You know, as a child, you know, I believe the him? the him is my, I was sexually abused when I was a child. And okay. so that okay. I'm referring to my abuser. And I think that that's one of the things too, you know, the emotional manipulation that can happen. Yeah. And that's really what a lot of it was for me mm -hmm. and not understanding that, you know, mm -hmm. even then when I went on to heal, like I didn't actually go back to look at and process um, from my abuse until I was, um, you know, decades later, mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anyone. So I think too, like understanding that you have to heal from the physical aspect of that and how that feels in your body. But then really for me, it was about understanding how his messages mm -hmm. carried through with me every single day mm -hmm. in all of these different ways, you know? And so understanding that part of my wanting these achievements is because I didn't have this internal self-worth. So I was constantly seeking external validation or accolades because I still did feel the way he made me feel back then, you know? So I think it's a really difficult space for people, um, you know, and it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to, you know, look at your past, especially when something's happened to you, you know, because sure. I don't want to then make it like, well, then now I have to do all this work because somebody else did something to me. Yeah, but you right. know what? That's, that's what a lot of it is, right? Is mm -hmm. to understand, you know, who was I before that trauma and how do I be that person again?
Oh, that's the beautiful thing to walk in that individual and grow from that person. Cause not just be that person you were before that trauma happened. It's be that person, but be that evolved person because to it, it might have happened when you were, let's just say six years old or so. It, it was when I was six. You're like clairvoyant. <laughs> Don't make me walk in my gift now. Hold on. Cause if I tap into it, I'm not doing that today. No matter what certain things will happen at the, when did your voice become unmuted? Because like at one point in time, you felt like you didn't have to say anything. And sometimes when situations happen, when we're like six, I'm not going to ever say your age. I'll just say my my age that I tell everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I am 25 plus some shipping and handling a lot. of shipping <laughs> and handling. OK, so but like whatever situation happened when you were at that six years old and now that you're at the 25 and shipping and handling you're still that person but once you realize i'm that beautiful little girl that i was at that point but now i'm here and i need to evolve from or let that six-year-old grow up when did your six-year-old girl grow up i guess that's what i'm asking you know it, it's interesting because it only happened as the result of another trauma and I had had um, several other things happen in my life, too, that I, in retrospect, you know, probably should have been the thing that pushed me toward that. But I, I wasn't ready, you know, or wasn't in that space where I could address that. So it was really uh, in 2019 mm -hmm. um, or actually 2018, my family was hit by a drunk driver. Wow. And even though we walked away, we had minor physical injuries. Mm -hmm. What that did to me emotionally is it just it all of a sudden just took me back. It was like all the stuff that I'd worked so hard, all these facades that I had up and making myself okay and being okay. I couldn't do it anymore. And yeah. all of these things that I had just worked so hard to push aside were just right there, like poking mm -hmm. me, poking me, poking right. me. And so it was then that I really had, I started to understand, like I was scared again because I was scared. And I was like, why does this feeling hurt me so badly? You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm not in danger in my car or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it was that feeling of fear. And I think in part why that one was the thing that kind of broke me a little bit more is because I felt so victimized in that moment because this drunk driver came, my family, we were just coming home from a movie. We weren't doing anything wrong. It was a Sunday night, you know? And so I think I was so upset because it really derailed my life financially, emotionally, sure. Sure. all this stuff. And I, I remember feeling like here I am and I didn't do anything wrong. And so I think it was that honestly of then being back to being this little kid of like, I didn't do anything wrong. Why is this happening yeah. Yeah. And so it just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up anymore with what I had been, you know, pretending was fine. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to go back and, and understand again, the ways that that trauma had changed my perception of things, the way that it changed the way I looked at myself. And then I, I mean, I just kind of went off on my own area, I dropped off of social media. I stopped uh -huh. talking to a lot of friends and really because I was trying to save myself at that yeah. point. And it took a lot of really deep like healing work. It took a long time. I did a lot of writing and processing. Mm -hmm. And that's what my book is, is, <laughs> um, you know, I never, ever expected to write a book. I never expected yeah. to tell this story. Mm -hmm. But it was after I kind of got to a place where I understood things for myself. I read back my journals mm. and um, being a professor, you know, I do a lot of research and things. And so I started to see these themes in my journals. So I yeah. seriously have all these like colored highlighters and I was like highlighting my themes and yeah. you know, making myself data. Uh -huh. And I sat back and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like 
that's what these things are and that's what's happening. And then I just had this feeling, you know, that I couldn't be the only person who had had these experiences or who had these thoughts. And so I really felt in that moment, I was like, I have to make this a book. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I really, again, there's no way I could have planned that. There's no way I thought that. And some days I'm still like, how did, why did I do that? Right, <laughs> right. Seriously. But it, was, it was, it didn't feel like a choice, you, uh-huh. if that makes sense. It felt like yeah. I was supposed to do, like that I was called to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the thing about that, that is so beautiful to me is that, you know, not only did that help me heal now I get to heal more deeply through other people by helping Mm -hmm. them and by hearing their experiences. And every time somebody tells me they've read my book or that they have my book, like I take that so much to heart. You can tell I'm tearing up Uh because it, it feels so powerful to me. Like that little girl did that. So it's just, it's just a really, um, you know, the, the big point of that story I think is like, you just never know where your breaking point really is going to be or what's going to fuel you to that next space. Uh-huh. And so it took me a lot longer than I thought it would have. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful you allowed the little girl to, to grow up. So you just showed me that the little girl can evolve. Like you don't have to stay that young girl at all. We can evolve. We can grow. We can get accolades. We can become doctors and call me professor. Call me beautiful. <laughs> you can call me wonderful. You can call me a queen. And whatever it is you decide to call me, I can own that label. And even if you decide to say something negative, I realize that's your worldview. But that does not mean that's who I actually am. You know what I mean? Like there is so much beauty in really realizing that that's somebody else's opinion. They attempted to inflict their pain on me. You know, whoever did whatever they did to us when we were younger, they didn't know how to get it out. Unfortunately, certain things happen to us. And I'm saying us because if it happened to you, it happened to me because, you know, we became one Mm -hmm. because you're my friend, you're my sister. We blue sisters, okay? (laughs) But nevertheless, like it happened to you. And I've had traumatic experiences as well. It's not just I'm saying your experience is my experience and we're going through this together because you've grown through it. So I wasn't at certain experiences. However, it's like, that happened to the, you know, whatever they were dealing with, they dealt with, and we kind of end up being, we kind of suffered from it, but we didn't stay in that suffering way. So I'm just grateful that you were able to evolve from that. And you're able to tell your story so that other ladies and even gentlemen, you know, can grow from it. Like they, they can walk in their healing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, in part, I think what made it we're so often, especially, you know, traditionally women are so much more likely to go help somebody else or to want to be there for somebody else. And so I think in part, you know, my job allowed me, I always say I became a communication studies professor because I wanted to help other people use their voice because I didn't know how to use my own. And so I wow. think I got that. Like, pause. You can't just say that fast. Like you didn't just say something cute. Like that was cute. That was a powerful statement. Did you just rattle that off? Or is that something that you actually say for real, for real? Do you know that's, that's really what I believe. I really believe that like, I, I, I didn't know how to use my own voice. So that's why it was so important for me to study communication and help other people. And I think what I didn't see, I see it now, of course, but I think then because that felt so good to me to help other people and to do that, that then I kind of furthered further stepped back from the understanding that I needed to do that for myself. Yeah. 
So then as time went on, I felt like I couldn't do it for myself. And so I was like, why am I so good at helping other people, but I can't get there. Mm. So I think like I'm saying that because I think a lot of times too, we want to help other people, but it's really stepping back and understanding if we're in a position or if we need to do a little more work and help ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was a really hard lesson for me to learn is to really even to step back and to say no and to not to not help as many people then or no, I can't volunteer for that because understanding that I had to do this for myself instead of chasing the only feel good feeling because I helped somebody else. Like I need to also be able to give that to myself. Mm -hmm. And again, I think women in particular, we kind of fall into that because it does feel good to be able to help other people and, you know, be there and we're trained to be nurturers and caregivers and all those other stereotypical genderized things. Right. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. But it felt good when I was able to nurture on myself. Like one story Mm -hmm. I absolutely love to tell is I found out the benefit of I hear I fly a lot. And, you know, they always tell you, you got to secure your mask first Mm -hmm. before you help somebody else. I mean, that's grateful. But it became a reality to me. I was a teenage mom, right? And I breastfed all three of my kids. But Mm -hmm. my second child, which is my only daughter, she taught me a super valuable lesson. And I was nursing her. Again, I nursed all my kids, but I don't know what it was about nursing my only girl that changed my life. So she I felt like she used my boobs as a pacifier. <laughs> and I did not understand. And I'm like, she she had this little <laughs> So she would cry, but when she did that, I knew she was hungry, right? So I would go ahead and nurse her and I'm giving and it just felt like she just never would get full. And I did not understand why were you not getting full? What's happening? Happened to go and she was my fattest kid too. And I didn't understand that. She was the biggest one I had. Thick little girl, so cute. I promise you, she was adorable. I'm not saying that because she's mine. She really is adorable. But I went to the doctor. So the doctor was asking me, you know, like, hey, Tiffany, what did you eat? And I'm like, why are you worried about what I eat? Stay out of my refrigerator. This is my house. Don't worry. (laughs) And so she's like, no, seriously, like, what did you eat? And I'm like, I don't know why I hadn't had breakfast, you know, just little minor here and there. I'm like, whatever. And so I kind of gave her the breakdown of what I ate and what I didn't eat. How much did you drink? And I'm like, drinking like I don't drink, but she needed to know how much water was I, you know, taking in or whatever. So as I explained to her, you know, what my diet was, that's when she realized that's my problem. That's why I feel like my daughter isn't getting enough nutrients. And I feel like she's using me as a pacifier because I am not taking care of myself. I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't drinking enough. The minute that I started eating and the minute that I started hydrating myself, I found out she's not coming to me as much and she's not hampering, you know, as Mm -hmm. much as she was. The minute that I took care of me and provided nutrients for my body, then that's when she was able to be taken care of. So as time grew up, I realized, wow, there is importance in taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And so as I started taking care of myself and I start dealing and ministering to me, eating for me before I digest or I regurgitate it, whatever I guess you would say, and give to others, I had to eat first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the feeling that I was providing for other individuals and everything that I'm doing for everybody else, I said, hey, you got to do this for you. <laughs> so, yeah. It's super important. It's super important. Absolutely. And I think it's, but it's so 
it's so easy to fall in the trap of just like you're going through the motions or you're doing the thing without really, yeah, nurturing yourself without mm -hmm. whether it be through food, through movement, through rest, mm -hmm. you know, through all the ways that we just kind of punish our bodies. Uh-huh. And I don't want to punish my body no more, especially mm -hmm. now I'm getting old. 20 no, I was going to say, it catches up with me a lot more if I punish it now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if I stood up. I ain't showing you guys what I look like standing up, even though it might look nice. It, listen, age is catching up to me. Food is catching up to me. <laughs> Not resting is starting to catch up to me. So uh, I got to make sure I take care of me. And not only do I take care of me, we all need to take care of each other. Not just like me taking care of you. You need to take care of me, meaning self. Take care of self. Question for you. What is emotional intelligence? Because that's something you talk about as well. I do. Well, yeah. there's there are different pillars of emotional intelligence, but basically it's just if you think of it like, you know, we have our IQ with our brain. It's like our, our emotional IQ, right? So how aware are we of our own feelings and our own emotions? How aware are we of how those impact our relationships, right? Yeah. Like you can know you're mad, but like, mm -hmm. do you know how it's impacting you and your patterns? Mm. How, how much empathy do you have for other people and their situations and their awareness, you know? How able are you to have those discussions about your feelings and their feelings and to move through conflict? So it's really mm -hmm. about, you know, a lot of the personal growth literature, a lot of the okay. ways that we develop self-awareness. So many of those things are rooted in those principles of emotional intelligence. And it's really just this idea that we can continually improve upon those mm -hmm. skills, you know, and we do start at different places. You know, some people were raised differently and we have different sure. personalities, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not to try to make everybody and do some bot who's the same, but more just again, like, what does this look like for you? And, right. you know, are you aware of how you're showing up? Basically, oh, ooh, come through. Are you aware of how you're going to make sure that we are cognizant and pay attention to that? How are Dang it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Now that's going to be my thing for the week. How are you showing up? <laughs> How are you looking? <laughs> and even if you don't show up the way you want to in that moment, then do you yeah. realize it? Right. You know, yeah. so it's like, okay, you might not have, but do you recognize it and understand how to adapt and go forward? And are you willing to kind of change some of those behaviors? Right. right. And so that's where too, a lot of times, you know, you think about it, we all know people, we've all been the person who knows, but I don't, I'm not going to change for anybody. This is just who I am. Uh -huh. like, who you are as a jerk, you know, that, like <laughs> that part. you know what I, I, I will say, I do have these moments that I have really come to the conclusion. I am a jerk, <laughs> but I'm owning that now. But just in one thing I, I can say though, just because you own it, that doesn't mean that it's cool. <laughs> I, I do know that I have jerkish moments. And we all seriously, do. We all do. Wait, but see, some of us know that we have jerk moments, but we won't own that. And it was like, me? Who? I wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not like that. No, I really, I own that. I, I can't be a jerk. And hence one of the reasons why this show kind of came about as, as in Hear My Heart. Because sometimes I may say stuff and I was having, <laughs> I was having a conversation with one of my friends. And as I was having a conversation with one of my friends, I realized my tone did change. Mm -hmm. The texture in my tone kind of changed. <laughs> I got a little more attitude -y, you know, or whatever. And I'm, I can be kind of sarcastic, condescending and sadistic, sadistic at times. I know that about me. You know, <laughs> I really do understand that about me. However, comma, for me, the work that hear my heart kind of came about because I'm like, sometimes I have those moments that I real, and I'll tell you if we're in conversation, I'm like, hey, 
I can't handle that like right now. And I'll say something and it might sound harsh. And I'm like, I'm just going to say it and I'll fix it later. But I have to kind of get it out. I need you to hear what's on my heart. I need you to understand how this is how I'm feeling. So I need and it might sound a little rough, but hey, hear the word, hear my heart, though. Like I might say it a little rough and that doesn't mean that it's okay. but I just need to express the sentiments of my heart. And so once I hear you hear what's on my heart, then you be like, oh, I get it. And if I would have sugared it and buttered it up, you might not have understood it. But when I just say it, maybe fix it later. Then you kind of get it. That's kind of how it is. Hear the words of my heart. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know, that's such a vulnerable space to be in is to really be able to say that and to trust that, you know what, I'm going to say it in this way, but I'm going to hope that this person I'm saying it to, who maybe my friend, maybe my romantic partner, maybe my kid, maybe whoever, that they're going to also love and trust me enough that then I can come back and explain it if it came out sideways or if I, you know, what have you. And that's, I think, like also part of it, right? You know, like recognizing you know, we can express ourselves in the ways that we need to, but other people aren't always going to hear us in the way that we want them to, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it happens. That's a reality. Jesus, it's a reality. I need, and again, I will always preference it by saying, hey, I need you to hear me, hear the words of my heart. You know, I need you to yeah. listen to me now, like here. But I always give a disclaimer, but that goes a part of recognizing how you're feeling. Like you made reference to, you know, you got to own how you're feeling. And for me, I've sat with myself in silence for so long. I'm able to say, oh, it's not a good moment for me. But when I recognize that, not only do I hear it, I take heed to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I have to respect me enough because I'm respecting you. Oh, I see you're in a space. Oh, my God. But when I get in that space, the same care and concern I have for you. I got to have for me too. (laughs) And that's important for us to have. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So we're coming to the end of the show. I'm so grateful (laughs) that you decided to stop here. I get to ask you my favorite game. You ready for it? I am. (laughs) It's called the this or that. So I get to ask you questions, this or that. And you got to give me your answer. And then you got to tell me why you chose that answer. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm so nervous. I swear it's not going to be hard. It's going to be something easy. This is stuff that's right up your alley. Ready? (laughs) Okay. Who has it harder, men or women? Oh, this one, I say women. I'm going to say women. And, you know, the gender professor in me wants to tell you like, oh, it's equal and everything's the same. But the woman in me is saying woman. Yo, you and, can't say that. I had water in my mouth. I really almost spit. <laughs> the same woman. <laughs> and I think, you know, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and just say that so much of that is because of the societal upbringing, the different structures and the different systems. And, you know, there are still so many ways that I think, you know, we don't have equality. And until we can cross can feel that a little bit more across many different contexts. I think that that's where obviously I'm going to admit my bias to, you know, but I think that men have it harder in different ways. You know, you and I have had conversations before about, you know, men are basically a lot of times not allowed to have emotional expression or they're shamed for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even just recognizing the ways that we both have it hard in just in different spaces and in different ways Mm -hmm. and hard is also relative. Right. So Uh it might be easy for me to express my emotions. So I might think, oh, that's not that big of a deal that men can't do that. 
But like at the same time, if I couldn't and I felt really stifled in that way, I would feel that that was really hard. Uh-huh. So that's my long-winded professorial non-answer. Listen, come on, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Come on and give me your speech. I'm I'm all for it. But I just love the fact that you still even said, even though you were pro-woman in your answer, how you made statement, but you still gave me in their space. And you was like, hey, we're all just kind of different. I just like yeah. how you celebrated man a little bit in that. So no, and because I do think that the pitting of the genders against one another, you know, I really hope we can get away from that in some ways because yeah. it is it, it's like recognizing like honestly, there's just so many different ways where we are all subscribing to some of those ideals okay. still too, right? Uh-huh. Instead uh-huh. of and and so it's really cool for me to see the ways that I think different generations are just embracing individuality instead of like trying to make everything into a men versus women. Right. game you know uh-huh. <laughs> i mean it can be a game like but yeah. we're playing well, I mean, a lot of times it is like, <laughs> i want to do games like for real like girls versus guys and connect for go fish I'm, i can't even think of like game games for that's when we men versus women but as far as game of life well we could play that game for real the game of life. you know okay so one of my gender students actually <laughs> took the game of life one year they had a project and yeah. she redid it from a woman's perspective. Like I oh. still have it because it was really cool. So like she took the actual oh. game piece of the game of life. And so it was things like had a baby, congratulations, oh. move back three spaces because now your career's oh. in the toilet. Oh. <laughs> you know, stuff like, yeah, because she took it from like a gender perspective of like, yeah. here's, you know, or, and so it was really interesting to see her take on that. So I think the thing of it is too, is again, it's like the, the different hardships or the different struggles and things that you feel yeah. right are, are, are so much based on what they, what that flight looks like to you. Oh, yeah. And I like that. Good. I want to play that game. Go, go back and get in contact. Okay, I'll bring it. I'll come visit you and then we can play. Let <laughs> me play with me if you want to. I'm saying I'm serious about that. Let's do it. I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah. It was really like, neat because it was just stuff that you didn't even think about in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, the game of life she really did. She just reworded like so yeah. many of the questions or it was like, Congratulations, you got a promotion, but you have to say no because your daycare closes at five. You know, it was like, that's oh. but that's it's life. <laughs> so that's it's life. what right. happened. Dang, that's powerful. I don't care. I'm about to give me a ticket. I might have to come see you. Forget when you come. I'm coming <laughs> to see you. Forget that. Tell me this. Question two What's more draining to express your feelings or for you just to shut down? Oh. In the long run to shut down for me. And it goes back to even like what you were stating about, like sometimes when it's on my heart, I used to shut down all the time. And now I know I just need to say it because if I don't, I'm going to expend more energy. I'm going to shut down. I am really going to just like lose myself in the process, but then I'm going to sit about and think about it and ruminate and wonder what I should do. So it's so much easier for me, just like you to express what's on my heart, express my feelings. And then if I have to under- explain them differently, or if I have mm-hmm. to step away from them, then to pretend they don't exist or to hide or mm-hmm. mask them. Right. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'm so grateful to know that I'm not alone. You are not mm-hmm. alone. I don't sing, but that just <laughs> dropped in my spirit. I'm sorry. Last question. <laughs> this is personal for me. You ready? I need to know. Batman or Superman? <laughs> Oh my goodness. No one has ever asked me that. I think I immediately have to go for Batman just because like the whole like Prince of Darkness situation. I, <laughs> I know. I told you we were sisters. God, listen, do it. You're my friend. 
Let me tell you about my best friend. Yes, Batman. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me let you go. I just got really excited. That's my guy. So. Yeah, the dark, brooding, mysterious. Yeah, that that feels right. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate you. I told you, you just you just got another notch on your friendship belt. I appreciate you. Hats off to you. Well, not off, just I'm a nodded. Can't take this off. Nevertheless, <laughs> I'm so excited that you decided to stop in with me. Thank you. And thank you for choosing Batman. Okay. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Tell me this. What is your final words that you want to say to the Hear My Heart Nation? You know, you summed it up really great in your introduction just by telling them, you know, share. You're not alone. And if you don't share, if you don't talk about your experiences, if you don't share this podcast or others and, and tell people, you never know who you might be helping. But also, I feel like we heal ourselves a little more deeply, too, if we stop hiding from our own experiences. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost stopped hiding and took my hat off because I just felt like I just need to come out of hiding. I'm not doing that, though. <laughs> I'm going to hide this hair. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> sunshine, thank you for being my sunshine on this cloudy day. I'm so grateful that you stopped in. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you. This was yeah. just great. You are a delight. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for adding to your resume here, my heart. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's going to be it for today's show. Join me next week at the same Hear My Heart time at the same Hear My Heart channel. We'll be here next week with another very special VIP. That's it for tonight. Grace and peace, y'all. <laughs> Bye.